We pray in this moment, in this time, that you would challenge our normal, that you'd transform us to be your people, holy, righteous, set apart, that our lives could be more with purpose and meaning for the kingdom of heaven. Lord, it's your time. It's We're here for you. And we know that you're here for us. Forgive us all the shortcomings and the failures and the times that we've been way too normal. And lead us now into that extraordinary life, empowered by the good news that Jesus is alive and he loves us and he forgives us and he renews us and he has a future for us. Help us to embrace it. We pray in his precious name. Amen. You have a seat as we watch the screen. We're kicking off a new series today. The series is called Weird. Say weird. All right. We hope that before we're done with this whole series, that you will not only know that word, but you will embrace that word, and you will actually be that word. We're going to try to prove to you why God calls you and puts that call into your life to be uh, weird. And uh, just to show you that I'm not afraid to be weird, I thought this morning I would start by showing you what I interpret, at least, looking backwards, as a relatively weird picture. And as you look at this picture, it's okay to snicker and laugh and do whatever you need to do in response to it. I'm not offended. It's quite all right. So I'm giving you the total permission to just let go on whatever you need to do in response to the picture. Not that it's that horrible, but I think, personally, it's a little embarrassingly weird. You ready? There we go. There we are. That's Jill and I back in the day. Yeah, oh, I got an awe? That, I thought I'd get a, oh my God! No, yeah. No, that's Jill and I back in the day when, uh, above, well, mostly I had hair, but uh, beyond that, it was also a day when we were kind of weird. That's right, you see these pants here? That's right, those are brown plaid pants. Right? And by now, you certainly have noticed the shoes, Right? You see the shoes? Now, you'll also notice there's really only one weird person in the picture. The other one looks pretty normal there, right? Yeah, drop-dead gorgeous normal in my view, but that's me. Anyway, the thing I can't get about this picture is, notice what we're standing in front of. What's up with that? Yes, I was Mr. Romance, I guess. Took her to the disposal area. That's right. We had a great time at the disposal area. Anyway, uh... <laughs> what I want to say to you, however, is not only is this picture weird, but you know what? This couple, the couple in this picture, they really are weird. This is a weird couple. I can prove it to you. We're weird because when we were dating and getting serious about one another, we made a covenant and a commitment to one another that said we would not share intimacy until our honeymoon night. That's weird. That was even weird in my day, Right? especially when you lived in a dorm room and you were an RA and you had that room all to yourself, right? 
That was pretty weird. And when we did get married and uh, kids came along, we made a decision that Jill would suspend her teaching career for the first 10 years at least until our kids were older and that she would stay home and be an in-home mom uh, to our kids. That's, that's weird. I mean, that's kind of weird. We made a decision that uh, early on in our marriage, even when we were at seminary, that we would give away 10% of everything that we made. That's weird. As we were raising those kids and as she was uh, staying home, we also made a covenant and commitment to one another that once we got all those student loans paid off, they were mine, not hers, but once we got all those paid off, we would not go into debt again, except for one thing, and that was a house mortgage. But that's it. No more debt. No credit card debt. No car payments. We would not go into debt. That was our commitment. We did it. That's weird. That's weird. We made the commitment, even though we're living on uh, pastor's salary, starting pastor's salary, and she's not working, that our kids needed to start school in a Christian environment. And so for their elementary years, at least our kids went to a Christian profile school. That's weird. That's weird. You got to look at that and, and say, now, why would you make those weird decisions? What would prompt you to make such weird decisions over and against what's normal in the world? And our answer was simply that God convicted us that that's the way he wanted us to live. Now, we're not perfect. I'm not setting us up as a perfect couple or perfect family. But I am saying to you, we've lived some weird kind of ways. And what prompted the weirdness was the idea that God wanted us to live different and to make different value decisions than the rest of the world. That's all rooted in a key text for us today. We'll go back and again and again to this text today. It's out of Matthew 7. And he lays out, Jesus lays out for us, normal or weird, right? He says, enter God's kingdom through the narrow gate. The gate is large and the road is wide that leads to ruin. Many people go that way. And if many people go that way, that, way, that means that way is normal, right? Because what's normal is what most people do, right? What's normal is the way the, the whole flock kind of goes, right? That's normal. Normal is what's average, what everybody does, the way it goes. They just kind of do what's normal. In contrast, what's weird? He says in verse 14, But the gate is small and the road is narrow that leads to life. Only a few weird people find it. There's normal, where everybody goes, and there's weird, where only a few people go. And you and I, every single day, will make value choices in our life and decisions in our lives, just like Jill and I did early on, will make decisions that determine whether we're going to go with the flock, whether we're going to be normal, or whether we're going to choose to be and empowered to be weird. Now here's the distinction. Normal is the way most people go. The trouble is, in the text, if we look hard at the verse, he says normal leads somewhere, and it ain't good. 
right? Look what he says. Enter God's kingdom through the narrow gate. The gate is large and the road is wide that leads to... Would we agree that that's not good? Ruin is not our desire. Ruin is not what we choose. Ruin wouldn't be the place we'd say, you know, I think I'd like to have a good dose of ruin today. Right? And yet the reality he's telling us is, listen, if you want to live your life normal, if you just want to go with the values of the world, if you want to just want to choose to go the way everybody else goes, live what's normal, you've got to understand there's a consequence, and the consequence of normal is ruin. That's not good. The consequence of normal is ruin. Proverbs 16, book of wisdom, right? Great wisdom. It says, there is a path before each person that seems right. If we follow what we think is right by our own decision-making, by our own choices, by our own selfish desire, if we weigh things up only according to the criteria that says, what is in my best interest and what's normal so I fit in, (laughs) junior high, when I fit in, The outcome will be, but it ends in death. We know this is true. Normal is not working. Let's look at normal. What is normal in our culture today? 50% of marriages end in divorce. That's normal. Most people in our world manage their finances how? They live check to check. They're not sure how they're going to pay all their bills, and they don't pay off the mounting credit card bills because somehow they can't afford to. And when they get to the end of all of that process, they say to God, well, gee, I'm sorry, there's just not enough left over to even think about a tithe, let alone give. That's normal. Normal in our relationships is families get together and they sit And they go out to eat, and when they're sitting at the table, they all have their own personal devices, and they're busy playing games, reading emails, and texting whatever and whomever, and they never talk to one another. That's normal. That's normal. You've seen it, right? See, the problem for us is normal. What's normal out there? Normal just doesn't work. Scripture's right. Normal just doesn't work. And so John gives us a huge warning. He puts up the warning billboard, right? Don't miss this. Do not love this world nor the things it offers you. For when you love the world, you do not have the love of the Father in you. For the world offers only a craving for physical pleasure, a craving for everything we see, and pride in our achievements and possessions. These are not from the Father but are from this world. What's the warning sign? Don't be normal. Don't buy into it. God didn't create you and set you loose in this incredible world so that you could live a normal life because normal leads to ruin. Timothy, after all, we brought nothing in with us and we came into the world with nothing and won't take anything with us when we leave it. True statement? We all agree that's a true statement, right? And yet, how do we spend our normal lives? Seeking the possessions and the values of the world, even though they will not last and they cannot fill the hole of meaning in our lives. Because they lead to ruin. Normal just doesn't 
work. First John says, and this world is fading away along with everything that people crave. Normal won't endure. Normal won't endure. The challenge for us today is to understand that there's normal and there's weird. And normal, according to the scripture and according to the evidence of the way culture goes, the way the crowd and the pack and the flock goes, normal just doesn't work. So what's the alternative? The alternative is weird. The alternative is, hey, let's live weird. Let's live weird. In fact, that is the call that God puts on our life. Look again at what he says in our key text. You go down to verse 14, and he says, But the gate is small, and the road is narrow that leads to what? Life is good. Let's see. Wide gate, normal, leads to ruin. Narrow gate, weird, leads to life. Uh, weigh that up. Uh, ruin life. Ruin life. Weird is the call that God puts on our life. Remember, it says this world's fading away, the only thing people crave, but it, in contrast says, but anyone who does what pleases God will live forever. See, weird is the exact call that God puts on our life. And we ought to know this, we ought to see this, because Jesus lived fundamentally a pretty weird life. He lived a pretty weird life. His disciples didn't respect the Sabbath. He walked from synagogue to synagogue and preached with authority. And the people said, whoa, who is this guy? That's weird. He reached out his hand and not only healed the sick, but he touched the sick. That's weird. He not only taught with authority, but he taught things that were weird, like if somebody sins against you and hits you in the cheek, what are you supposed to do? Oh, this weird thing. Give them the other one. If your neighbor offends you or somebody offends you, forgive them. Not seven times, but 70 times 70. That's weird. He lived a weird life. His teachings were weird because they raise us to a level of existence that is beyond the normal. They're beyond the normal. How does it get there? How do we do this? How do we get weird? Well, one thing we have to do is just have weird thoughts. How's that for a great invitation? Go home, go to your work tomorrow, and say, yeah, I heard Pastor preach, and he said I should, like, think weird. We need to think weird. Look what it says in Romans 8. Those who are, who are dominated by the sinful nature think about sinful things. That's normal. But those who are controlled by the Holy Spirit think about things that please the Spirit. So, let your sin, so letting your sinful nature control your mind leads to death, that's ruin. But letting the Spirit control your mind leads to life and peace. How many are up for life and peace? Amen, good. Amen, good. Life and peace. Where does it start? It starts by letting go, letting go of normal and starting to change the way you think and the way you value things and the way you make decisions and what you put as important in your life and how you use your time and how you use your resources and starting putting all of that thought and all of that 
at the disposal of the Holy Spirit. Jesus lived a weird life. Why? Because his life was totally controlled by the idea that he was here to please the Father. That's what he was here for. What would your life be like if you thought that weird thought? If you started thinking every single day, this isn't a day for me, this is a day for me to serve the Father. Your life would be weird compared to normal. Romans 12, don't copy the behavior and the customs of this world, don't let, but let God transform you into a new, new person by changing the way you think. Then you'll learn to know God's will for you, which is good and pleasing and perfect. When we release ourselves to weird, when we start thinking as God would have us think, our life becomes good and pleasing and perfect according to his purpose. That's what Jesus did. That's the way he lived. And he lived life with intention and purpose. Look at Ephesians 4. Since you have heard about Jesus and have learned the truth that comes from him, so if you're, you're a Christ follower, throw off your old sinful nature and your former way of life, which is corrupted by lust and deceptions. Instead, let the Spirit renew your thoughts and attitudes. Put on your new nature created to be like God, truly righteous and holy. What are we supposed to be? Truly righteous and holy. That's weird. I thought that was only Jesus. No, that can be us. That's the call on our life. The call on our life is to live weird. In fact, Jesus not only invites us to live weird, if you look again at our key text, he commands us to live weird. You see, if you don't know Jesus yet, if you're not a Christ follower yet, you need to understand up front that when you give your life to Christ, when you let Jesus take over your life, you're going to think different, you're going to act different, you're going to behave different, you're going to be weird, and that's what he desires for you. That's what he commands of your life. When you give your life to Christ for the first time and you go hang out with your friends again, your friends are going to look at you and say, what? What's up with you? You're acting weird. You're acting weird. But that's the command he puts on our life. You go to the text. He starts out 13. He says, enter God's kingdom through the narrow gate. That is a command statement. That's not an invitation statement. That's not a... You know, if you think about this and you give it some time, I I think this probably would be the best way for you to go. It's a command statement. It's a command statement. Listen, enter through the narrow gate. If you want to be God's kingdom, if you want to experience God's kingdom, get in. Experience it by being weird. Live under God's purposes, God's desires, God's intention for your life. Get your head in a different place and get away from normal. Get away from normal. And the starting point to get away from normal is the narrow gate. And Jesus answers, how do we experience the narrow gate? He says, yes, I am the gate. Those who come in through me will be saved. They will come and go freely and will find good pastures. The thief's purpose is to steal and kill and destroy. My purpose is to give them a rich and satisfying life. Good stuff? Awesome good stuff. But that's weird. That's weird. That your life is not about normal. 
It's not about fitting in. It's not about going with the crowd. It's about standing out, stepping up, and being weird. Because you live under the call that God has put on your life. He invites us to live weird. The challenge for us is that every single day, when you get up tomorrow and you go back out into that normal world, you're going to have the challenge of Jeremiah staring at you in the face. Jeremiah looked at God's people and he said, this is what the Lord says. Stop at the crossroads and look around. Ask for the old godly way and walk in it. Travel its path and you will find rest for your souls. But you reply, how? How are you going to reply tomorrow? How are you going to reply tomorrow when you go back into that work environment and you're surrounded by folks who don't know Christ, who have had a great weekend out drinking and having a good time being normal? How are you going to reply? How are you going to reply when God gives you that opportunity to step into something that's going to call you to sacrifice? How are you going to reply? How are you going to reply when you look at your marriage relationship and you get honest with yourself and you realize, wait, my marriage is way too normal. It needs to be more. God wants it to be more. How are you going to reply? How are you going to reply? The invitation, the command is to reply weird. Now, I started out today showing you a picture of this weird couple, right? Uh, let me show you some more pictures of weird, right? This is like Christchurch weird, okay? This is Christchurch weird. Christchurch weird is deciding that it's more important for us to make a difference in the world by sending shoeboxes around the world to kids who have nothing and to step into sacrifice for their sake. That's weird. Weird is a bunch of high school kids gathering at the high school, standing out in the football field and saying, listen, my life is going to be about Christ and I'm going to stand for Christ every day when I go to school. That's weird. That's weird. Weird is when our people, even our youngest people, go downtown Milwaukee and go to one of our part strategic partner congregations down there and serve a meal for the homeless and the poor that come in off the street. That's weird. That's weird. Weird is when a bunch of our people get in this big tube and fly over the ocean for, what, 16, 18 hours and go to Addis, Ethiopia and get with our partner at Strong Hearts and minister to women and children because they value them more than what's normal back here. That's weird. That's weird. That is awesome, good, weird, isn't it? And that, weird, is our witness. This is the coolest part. It's like, you want me to live weird? Yes, because living weird, stepping into being weird, according to God's purposes in our life, that's our witness. That's what sets us apart. That's what people see. That's what draw people to this new life that we embrace. Peter says, dear friends, I warn you as temporary residents and foreigners, this is in our place, normal's not us. Dear friends, I warn you as temporary residents and foreigners, to keep away from worldly desires that wage war against your very souls. Be careful to live properly among your unbelieving neighbors. Then even if they accuse you for doing wrong, they will see your honorable behavior 
and they will give honor to God when he judges the world. Weird is our witness. Weird is our witness. See, as we start the series today, the big place we start is understanding weird. Being weird. Being driven by God. Being driven by different values. Being driven by different purposes. Being weird for the purposes of God. Asking the question, listen, it's not about what I want. It's not about fitting in. It's not about being normal. It's about being that person that God wants me to be. Being that husband and wife God wants me to be. Being that parent God wants me to be. Being that worker God wants me to be. Being that person in my neighborhood that God wants me to be. Being that person who's willing to step into sacrifice for the cause of something across the ocean. Stepping into that and saying that. That's the weird. That's the weird that God lays before me. And that's life. Look at your neighbor and say, you need to be weird. Let's pray. Father, thank you for that incredible call, giving us such great permission to live a different life, a weird life, one that's not about normal. We don't want our marriages to be normal. We don't want our families to be normal. We don't want our careers to be normal. We don't want the, the choices we make, the decisions we make, to just fit in and go along and be normal. We don't want our lives and the impact to just be normal. We want extraordinary. We want righteous and holy. We want right and set apart. We want to do the footsteps of Jesus. Lord, thank you today that you can step into this room and give us the freedom and the encouragement to let go of our past, to know the forgiveness that Jesus won for us, for all our faults and our failures and all the times we settled for normal. And instead, from this day forward, we can step into extraordinary. We can go ahead and be weird. Weird according to the purposes, the design, and the dreams of an incredible good God. So encourage us now and bless us, strengthen us in this word that it makes a difference tomorrow and the next day and in every decision we make. We ask it in Jesus' precious name. Amen. Where you go, I'll go. Where you stay, I'll stay. When you move, I'll move. I will follow.